Well, good morning again. Always good to see everybody. Sure glad you're here today. The, the video you just watched, I believe we watched it last week also, was uh, kind of the year in pictures here at the Heights, or I guess the year in video here at the Heights. And, and we had an awesome year last year. Now, I'm, I'm going to admit I'm super biased, and I'm going to say that every single year. I mean, that, that, that is, is what I do. Okay, but uh, man, we really did have an incredible year. We saw uh, 120 people baptized last year. We had almost, uh, yeah, we always want to praise God for that. Yeah, Um, we saw almost that exact same number go out onto the mission field in the most trips we've ever sent. We We had 12 different trips last year somewhere in the world. Uh, this past year. So that was incredible. Uh, we saw uh, at one of our largest, one of our best, uh, ugh, best vacation Bible schools ever. I think that's also something I say every year, but it, hey, it really was. It was just a great year in vacation Bible school with our, our kiddos. Uh, we had some very unique things this year. I, I, they're not things that necessarily have ever happened before or, or happen again. We partnered with about a dozen churches uh, from our area and the city of Richmond uh, to put on, oh, like a world championship bike race. I mean, obviously that's not something that comes through even America that often, much less here in our community. And uh, it was a tremendous opportunity, about 300 volunteers from our church, uh, and we joined about 300 volunteers from the other 12 churches and with all kinds of things were done from putting out water to marking courses to setting up and tearing down our folks. We got a lot of the opportunity to be there and share the gospel uh, as we were there to help and inform and do different things. So, but the neat part about that, it's not a real measurable, it's not anything one church can say, but yet all together, we helped our community do something. And you know, to have the community look at the church as, as a benefit and say, man, we couldn't have done this, which the, the city of Richmond did. We couldn't have done this without the churches. And you, you were a part of that. You helped make that happen. Um, gosh, we had our, uh, another thing a little bit unique for us we hadn't done before. We carried our Christmas program on the road. Of course, with the video presentation, that, that made that a little bit easier. But we were at Fort Lee with that. We, we went up to Northern Virginia and one of our, uh, church plants, our partnerships up there. And so we got to carry that out and about. And I think one of the most exciting things that kind of developed last year and then really started to come to fruition this year is this whole thing right here. Uh, Getting out that idea that life is better connected. And you know, a couple of Sundays ago, we had kind of the t-shirt Sunday and and everybody had their t-shirts on. And that produced an absolutely intended consequence. Because as y'all were all sporting your nice t-shirt, you're all out there taking pictures of yourselves and the groups and the classes and the friends. Well, of course, today when we take pictures of ourselves, it's going straight to Facebook, right? And, and, and so, man, news feeds all that afternoon were just blowing up with, with, with us in our shirts. And, of course, that, that goes all throughout our community. I mean, where does your post go? It goes through the whole country. So it's like all of a sudden, instantly, everybody in the world knew life's better connected at the Heights. How awesome is that? Yeah. Now, that puts a little challenge before us to not be liars Okay, we need to connect with each other, don't we? Man, yeah, remember what we were focusing on. We need to get in life group. And and not just go in there and sit in a room, 
but actually be building relationships where I can, I can love and I can encourage and I can help and I can pray for others and they can do the same for me. We're getting involved in, in ministry. And listen, we're not just volunteering to get stuff done. We're volunteering to get stuff done together. It's to get to know the person that you're serving and that you're, you're ministering with. That, that's the real idea. That, that's the real goal behind all this. So a lot, of, a lot of excitement there. One of my favorite stories that came out of this de- that day, and I've told it now, and the couple's sitting right in front of me, so I hope it's kind of the truth. Uh, the, the, the reams right here, y'all left that day with your shirts on, their family, and they went over to a little Mexican restaurant that I know nobody in here has heard anything about, Chewy's, uh, over in Midlothian. And when y'all walked in, there was a, a table with like a dozen people. Is that right? Something like that. Whew, gosh, it's going to be awful if you said we didn't do that. But uh, I'd heard about it. I was sure hoping it was the truth. Uh, but so they walk into Chewy's there, and you know they've got their shirts on, and these people have got their shirts on. Obviously, without the shirts, these are just strangers. They don't they don't know each other. They don't engage with each other. But now they walk in and and realize, hey, you're you know they're from our Midlothian campus, and, and so they wouldn't normally cross paths, and yet now they know, hey, we're on the same team. You know, they had this instant bond, this instant connection. I didn't know this was going to be like a team jersey, did you? But it it proved to be that in that moment. You know, it it made me think, we ought to have like t-shirt Sunday, what, two or three Sundays a year? And the goal would not be just that we're wearing our t-shirts in here, but that we leave here and go and do what we would normally do. But we go to restaurants and we go to the shopping mall and we go to the parks and we go to the movies with, you know, with our family, with our friends. You know, our, our community's big, but it's also small enough that if 2,000 of us leave here dressed like this, the community knows. They, they see it and they gauge. And what a witness that life really is better connected. We worship the Lord together. We serve the Lord together. We grow and learn about the Lord together. We do the things that God has called us to do in our community and our world. We do that together. That's God's design. That's God's desire. He loves. He loves to watch us doing this together, folks. And he has entrusted us together, not just one of us. This is your sole responsibility. No, it's together that he's entrusted us with our community. Have you ever thought about your community as something God is trusting you with? That you're going to do the right thing with it? With our whole world. With the gospel. That we're going to show them the gospel. Tell them the gospel. That we're going to uh, show them what it looks like to follow Christ. And, And we do all that together. God's entrusted us with that. I want to read a passage this morning that... It kind of picks up this idea of what God's entrusted us with, coupled with what we looked at last week on giving in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, where we were challenged. We were told it's not a command that you give to prove your love, but then Paul says, but it's the reality. Your, your giving proves your love, and we were commanded to excel in our giving, and we were shown the Macedonians who begged, begged for the opportunity to give, even though they were impoverished. Even though they were living in a famine, they're begging 
to join God. So I want to take that idea with the entrusting and put that together. And we see that in this passage today. Look with me at 1 Timothy chapter 6. If you have your Bible or your smartphone with a Bible app and uh, dial up 1 Timothy 6. It's in the back half of your New Testament. It's kind of in a series of small books. It's easy to flip by, but go through Philippians, Colossians, the Thessalonians, and then you'll be in Timothy. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I'm going to begin in verse 17. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. It says this, as for the rich, okay, now let me stop right there, because right away we just all dismissed ourselves from having to listen to this, didn't we? I mean, I'm, I'm not the rich. You're not the, I mean, when we think of the rich, that's people on TV, that's the yacht club, right? They got, do you have a yacht? I don't have a yacht. Okay, I mean, we think of names like Trump or, or the, you know, Bloomberg or Gates. I mean, and there seems like a million miles of distance between us and them. I mean, there's no way I could possibly be considered in some kind of category like that. And yet, and you've heard me use this statistic. If you make $25,000 a year, you are in the richest 2% of the world. The, the distance you see between you and those guys up there on TV, that's what about six billion people see between themselves and you. I know it doesn't make sense. I don't feel like, I'll tell you about this week, I did not feel like the richest 2% of the world. Did you? I didn't feel like that, but you know what? That's because I don't know what it feels like to be in the 97. I, I don't know what it feels like to be there. If you go by a biblical definition of, of maybe rich, you know, you have food. You have shelter. You have even the promise of uh, the possibility of a paycheck and, and, and a job and, and that you've got some earning potential. Guess what? Welcome to the rich. Okay? That's the category you and I fall in. We are the rich. On the way out today, get your yacht. You, it's yours. We've got it for you out there and just claim what you are. Okay? Uh, that, that's a joke. Y'all didn't get that at all. I'm just... It wasn't funny, Pastor. Okay, I get it. As for, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to what? To enjoy. Okay, folks, God's not trying to fleece us. He's not trying to get something out of us, leave us destitute. God actually wants you to be able to enjoy what's been given you, what you've worked for, what you've done. He wants there to be joy in that. Verse 18, they, that's the rich, you and me, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Timothy, rich people, guard the deposit that's been entrusted to you. We, we have been entrusted. We've been entrusted with each other. We've been, we've been entrusted with this church. We've been entrusted with our community, with our world. We've been entrusted with the gospel. That's actually the last thing Jesus said as he was literally ascending up into heaven is, hey, you're my, you're my witnesses. As you stay in this community, as you stay on this planet, you are to be my witnesses. Well, how am I going to be his witness? Well, we're going to be his witness with our mouth, right? We're actually going to communicate. There are some places and times where the gospel should come out of our mouth. And into the, into the life of another. We're going to be a witness with how we live. 
the values we have, things we do, things we don't do. Our life can be a witness. And folks, we're going to be a witness with what we've been given, with our resources. When we, when we give to, to do the good that God has given us to do. Now, now what is that good? You know, you can, you can go through the scripture and you can see a variety of good things that are to be done with the money that's been entrusted to us. Believe it or not, pay your bills. Again, God's not wanting to leave you destitute. God wants you to be able to, to pay your bills. That is a good thing from Scripture that we do with money. That, that we provide for a family. As a matter of fact, Timothy talks about that just a few verses earlier than this. And says, hey, yeah, we provide for a family. And, and we know from the passage we, we just read, in providing that family, there should be some enjoyment. There, there's some en- we, we enjoy what's been provided. We enjoy what we do as a family. That is a good thing to do with resources. Uh, of course, we see from this, man, when we see somebody in need, you know, maybe somebody we know, they're going through a, a, a rough spot in life, a hard place in the road, and, and hey, I know I've been given, and we've got this. Hey, we can do this. We can, we can help out right here. We, we can be, in, that's a good thing. And folks, when we give to advance the gospel, the, the work and the ministry of the church. These are all the time. If we were taking time today to actually put the verses with it, we could do a study. That would be the kind of list you would see from Scripture. Here are good things that we do with our money. And you know what, folks? You do that. You do that. We, we, we see that all, all over our church and community. You, you give so faithfully, so sacrificially with what God has entrusted you. And your staff, uh, we take that very serious. Because we feel like what God has given you and you're now trying to do good with, well, as you give that to God, it, it goes through our hands, right? And, and we take that as a, a burden. We take that as a responsibility to be faithful, to, to steer it in the right direction, to do the right things, to, to let it be for the good things that you intended for it to be for. And so, you know, we do a couple of things to be careful with what you've given. One thing we do, this is a good principle on anywhere in life, is we don't, we don't spend more than what comes in. We might have something budgeted. We might be able to say, well, it's in, it's in the budget. But the, our first question is not what's in the budget. Our first question is what's in the offering. We, we don't spend more than comes in. We, we, we want to be very careful that we don't get this church in any kind of trouble like that. Another thing we do to, to really just kind of hold ourselves accountable, every single year, we've done this for eight or nine years now, uh, we hire an independent accounting firm to come in and do a complete audit of, of everything and anything that money might even be nearby. And when I say everything, yes, they do an audit of do the numbers add up. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's got to happen. Do the numbers. They audit our software. They audit our security. They audit how we do payroll, personnel. They, they audit how we count, how we deposit, uh, how we do all of our, our bill or how we pay all of our bills. I mean, they do a complete and total audit, uh, audit of everything and Every single year during that eight, nine years we've been doing that, we get an excellent report. We can't get a higher score than what we get. And I, and I share that with you to say we work at that because we care what you give. And we care that we handle it appropriately. It is always our goal to, to have the highest business principles with the highest biblical principles in how we handle those resources. You know, when I make that comment, and I try to make it periodically, I always want to thank uh, Mike Osborne and, and uh, 
Cindy Moore, all of our staff has responsibility for handling the budget rightly, but those two, it's, it's really their responsibility. It's in their job description, and I appreciate what they help us as a staff and help us as a church do. You know, as we talk about our budget, and if you haven't figured it out yet, yes, you landed here on the Sunday that we're talking about the budget. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, seriously, I didn't get out of bed to hear that. You know what? I totally get that. But I want to encourage you, listen for a few minutes. Because as we talk about what this is, what we're doing, why we do it, I think there's some principles in there for your own life. There's some principles in there for your home. And we are a family. Uh, This, to me, is not the stuff of a business meeting. The business meeting, that's numbers and votes and things like that. Folks, a budget is really, it's it's your personality. It's your vision. It's about who you are and, and what's important to you. And so that's why we take time when our biggest part of our family is all together to, to take a little time and discuss this. We do run a, a fiscal year, April 1 to March 31. So we're coming up on the end of one budget and about to, to start a, uh, a new one. And, you know, for the last five years, our budget has been flat, you know, I mean, one year it's increased by a percent, another year it's decreased by a percent. Mostly it just kind of stays the same. So yeah, that's the definition of flat, isn't it? It's, it just kind of stays right there. And, and we've done that for kind of obvious reasons. Our home, just like your home, just like everybody's home, it's hard economic times right now. And so, you know, we're, we're being careful. The last five years, we, we have not received the budget uh, we, ha- we, haven't, we haven't received the entire budget, so that, that makes you be even more careful. I think we had eight years in a row that we not only received the budget, but we received well beyond what was needed for the budget. But the last five years, that, that's not been the case. So obviously you're thinking, how, how do we be careful? How do we make sure and, and, and do with? And you know, we've seen God do some great things through that. I mean, in, in five years in a row of not receiving the budget, all bills paid, savings maintained, and figure this one out. I can explain it to you and can't explain it to you at the same time because it's such an incredible God thing. In the last two years, two years coming, in, com, coming at the end of five years that we've not received the, the entire budget, we've made an extra $1 million in payment to our debt service. I mean, the budget handles the debt. This is an extra $1 million on top of that. Now, that's just a God thing, isn't it? To be able to make that happen. Yeah, we praise God for that. Absolutely. It's our goal. We're sure praying and we're working through this because we try to be pretty aggressive uh, with our debt. It's our goal. We've got two loans, a bigger one and a smaller one, that this spring we're going to knock that smaller one out. We're just going to get one of these things paid off entirely uh, as we try to continue to move forward. So, you know, when you look at what's happening in ministry... Here inside of our church, outside the walls of our church, when you look at what's happening with numbers, man, it's all pretty good. I I, I mean, for a church that hadn't received the budget for five years, it's all really, really good. And yet there was an interesting thing that that we kind of noticed for the first time this year. The growth in our church is perfectly mirroring our budget. It's it's kind of strange. I mean, our, 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 our average attendance is up a little bit and then it's down a little bit. And the long and short of it is five years ago, we were averaging in the 2300s in worship. And guess what we averaged last year in the 2300s? It's just kind of mirrored it perfectly. Now, I want to be, I want to be careful. I don't want to miscommunicate. I, I don't believe that the budget determines whether we grow or not. 
And I am not suggesting that, hey, if we want to grow, which I think most of us would say we do, that we need to increase the budget. No, I want no truth. I think we can decrease the budget and grow. So I don't think there's a one-to-one correlation there. But what we have in a budget is a little bit of a mentality. Now, you take any one year, and I think we've done exactly what we need to do. But I start to wonder, has maybe a little bit of mentality kind of crept in? It's not an accusation against me or staff or you where we're just thinking, okay, man, we got to make the numbers add up. This has got to work. Don't, don't stretch. Nothing new. Just keep what is. Make it work. Does that mentality kind of, does it leak out? Does it creep out into the way that we're doing everything? You know, I can't say I know for sure. But, it, you know, it makes me wonder if that's a little bit of what, is, what has happened. I was, Mike and I were, were talking about this, uh, discussing that Mike Osborne and uh, we were working on the budget. And he actually mentioned that, which I, th- I thought was really funny because, you know, as the finance guy, his job is usually to tell me no. That's usually what he does is no. And, and yet now he was saying, hey, do, do we need to be dreaming a little bit, stretching a, a little bit right here? And, uh, you know, when he, as he was saying that, you know what I thought of, and gosh, I don't, you know, probably a lot of you in here, you won't, you won't go this far back with us, you won't remember, but what I started thinking about was 2003, 2004, 5, when we were down at our old property, down at our old church, other end of the, the boulevard, and, and we were a big church, I mean, we were church running 11, 1200, I, Remember exactly what the budget, 1.8 million, 2.1 million, it was all in around in that area. So, so by any measurement, it was a large church with a, a large budget, but we got this idea that we were going to buy this property and we were going to build this facility and we were going to move down here. And man, we started putting that together and man, it didn't take long before what we had, what we were looking at was a $22 million project. And of course, at that time, we had no idea that after about three seconds after having moved in, we'd have to immediately start another project that would add another $4 million. So we had a $26 million project. Down there is a church of $1,100, $2 million budget. And so we start going to banks. We start going to banks, you know, with this, hey, can you make a proposal? Can you partner with us? Because we're going to need financing and, and, and do all this. And boy, you folks, the banks just lined up and said, please let us come alongside you and be a part of this. At least every morning I woke up, that was the dream I had. <laughs> what in reality the bank said over and over and over is no, no. No. I mean, just right down the road, because what we were doing was stupid. Let me say it again. What we were doing was stupid. It's impossible. That size church, that size budget, that can't be done. And no, we won't attempt to do that with you. And that's what we were hearing over and over. And, and honestly, folks, I know the numbers they're looking at. I know the business are didn't know. I, it, was, it was hard to get frustrated or mad. And, but then all of a sudden, God moved on a bank, and it had to be a movement of God, and, and the Bank of McKinney, the Bank of McKinney said, yeah, we, we want to do that with you. We, we want to attempt to, to be involved in something like this. Now, if you know much about community banks or the smaller banks, they have caps on what they can loan and how much of their uh, assets can be in loans and all that. And so they could, as a bank, they could do a very small portion of that. So they said, we're going to go get some of our friends 
some other banks, some other small community banks. And so by time it was all done, when Bank of McKinney came back, and we just dealt with them, that was the lead bank. But by time they were done, it took 15 banks. 15 banks were involved in this stupid, impossible, the numbers don't work, it's never going to happen project. You're sitting in that project, you know that, right? Yeah, it, it, like, it totally did happen. Yeah, that's a... That's a super God thing. And, and folks, you know, yes, there was wisdom and there was business, but I'm telling you mostly what was going on there is just a people of God believing on him to do something that it wasn't going to happen if he didn't show up and do it. And that's what Mike was talking to me about that day when we sat in my office and we're going through this. And again, it's kind of funny him saying that because he's usually the one that's telling all of us, no, you can't do that. And, 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 and he's saying, you know, hey, maybe it's time to... To, to dream, maybe it's time to, to stretch a little bit. And, and so, folks, it was kind of out of that kind of conversation and that mentality that we said, what if we increase the budget this year? On the way out today, by the way, you will get a, 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 a copy of the budget. It, on one page, it kind of explains what's happening, what, where specific increases are. Then you turn it over, it's the actual numbers and, and the increase on the side that a particular area is, is being increased, but he said, what if we, what if we did a, a, a 4.6% increase? And I, we're 4.6, where'd you get that? Well, it's, it's numbers, right? <laughs> it adds up. But, but we started thinking about what, what if we were to stretch again and believe on God to do something that it's going to have to be him. And, and as, as we talk about stretching, as we talk about doing something, and folks, I mean, there's five more Sundays or Four more Sundays after today uh, in this budget year, I, I suppose something could happen. But as things are going right now, we're going to miss budget this year again. So when you've missed budget again and again and again, you don't increase it by 4.6, right? But this is what we want to do. We want to increase it primarily in two areas, in missions and in ministry. Now, when I say missions, we have a missions budget separate from our general budget. And, and a lot of you on your envelope, you, you give, or most of us today are more and more giving electronically, but you give to the general budget and then you, you give another portion to missions and that supports our missions budget. But in our general budget, we do have missions there. And that's our cooperative program. The cooperative program is what Southern Baptists all together cooperate on. We all give to this that, that provides for missions and ministry around our nation and around the world. And uh, now as I explain that, that can sound a little bit like we write a check, we send it off to headquarters and they do Jesus stuff with it. And yay, it was good. But actually, folks, there's some incredible stories that become incredibly personal to how that sending it off to headquarters affects us. One of the things Southern Baptists do really well, you don't hear about this in the news, we are second only to the Red Cross in disaster relief. That's how big the Southern Baptists are, the money, the training, the certified people, the work we do in our nation and around the world. When you're seeing on TV those hurricanes, those earthquakes, those fires and tornadoes, we are there. We are there with our chainsaws, with our bottled water, with our food, with our blankets. And, and the big part is we go with a lot of other agencies to serve and help in that time. We go with the gospel. 
Okay, yeah, we start our chainsaws, but it's to share the gospel. We hand out the water, but it's to share the gospel that we get to do that. And, and so, folks, when you're watching that on TV and your heartstrings are tugging, hey, how do I help? When you give here every Sunday, it's going to the next natural disaster uh, that, that's going to happen. So anyway, this past fall, we have a massive earthquake in Nepal. Do you know where Nepal is? There's a mountain there. Have you heard of it? I think it's called Everest. It's a big place, okay? Nepal has this, this massive earthquake, human devastation. So there go Southern Baptists. We're there to help. We're there to minister. And in tow with those Southern Baptists is two people from the Heights, the Tollivers, trained disaster relief people right here from our family out there with, with Southern Baptist dollars ministering, helping, and human suffering and being able to do that and share the gospel. Now, we have, that's just one thing. I mean, the, the, the cooperative program giving does thousands of things. We give $187,000 a year to the cooperative program. That's, it's been the same number for five years. We want to increase it. Not because the numbers add up and say we can. We're just going to step out in faith. We want to increase that to $201,000. It's about a 9% increase. That would be an example of the kind of increase we're talking about. Uh, another big example is in our ministries, adult ministries, worship children ministries, youth ministries, what we do in those areas. Most of those ministries have seen little to no raise in the last or increase in the last five years. We want to increase that by 15%. All of those lines through our, our ministries, let them kind of encourage them to dream again and, and get risky again and, and, and go out there and get envision again what, what can be and, and what they can do. Uh, we have, when you go down through the list, you'll see another little, uh, we have a very small increase in personnel. Uh, we've got a full-time position that's already in there. That's not new money. Uh, that's already in the budget that we're getting ready to fulfill. And that changes some part-time things. And we're going to add a part-time position, again, directly related to ministry. And so that's what the, the bulk of that increase is. We're doing no raises this year. We said, hey, if, if this is about challenging and stretching and faith, uh, raises are not going to be a part of that. So no, no staff member uh, is going to get it right. They do a super job, and we try to take care of them the best we can in a, in a variety of ways, but it, it won't be through a raise this year. And so that pretty much uh, encapsulates. It's ministry and missions that result in a, a 4.6% increase to our budget. Now, when I hear 4.6, that doesn't sound huge. It, you know, if I look at the total dollar number, it's like $200,000. Well, that seems like a lot of money, but on something that's almost a $5 million budget, that also doesn't seem huge. I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you what makes me choke is what that means we need each week. Now, giving doesn't come in on average, but if you divide the budget up, on average, what we have needed for the last five years is around 91000 depending on the budget, give or take a $100 or whatever, about 91000 a week. In this new budget, it'll take 95000 a week. And that's when I go, hey, hey. Not, I, I vote no. <laughs> I suggest not, you know... I, it, it, that doesn't add up. I, 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 don't, I don't know that we... How, how are we going to do that? But that, yeah... That's exactly what we're trying to do. It's not something we can do. We gotta, we gotta count on God to move and work through all of us together and to do things that, that we can't do. Now, while there's faith on one side, 
we're also trying to be wise. Now, let me go back to what I said in the beginning. We don't spend based on a budget. We spend based on what we're receiving. And a lot of these increases, the bulk of the increases, it's not like we need to start writing checks on April 1. A, a lot of this increase, we can actually wait on. And we'll wait on. I mean, it, it could be a quarter. It could be the second quarter. We could be well into next fall before any increase is starting to get forward. We'll see how it's coming in, how it's, how it's being managed, what, what is coming up. And so there's an opportunity there. There's a chance there for us to, to maybe hold it at bay if we need to. And then as God is providing, then, then see where we go from there. So a little bit of faith, a little bit of wisdom, but actually it needs to be a lot of faith. Because, folks, whether it's a church family and a budget, whether it's you and your budget, whether it's you and a challenge or an opportunity that you have, I know from Scripture, Hebrews eleven six, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I mean, if you were going to pick one verse that was going to guide your life, that would be a good one right there. It doesn't say without faith, it's very difficult to please God. It doesn't say without faith, it can, it's not as easy to please God. It says, if listen, if what you're doing does not lead you to cling to God, if what you're doing does not lead you to say, God, unless you show up, then folks, you and I aren't doing something that pleases him. We're not, we're not doing something that invites him to have his power and his blessing touch it. We, we want to believe as, as a church family, we want to show that we have faith. Or as we saw last week, as a church family, we want to show, we want to prove, God, we love you. As, as a church family, we want to show God, hey, we're going to do good with the resources and the opportunity that has been entrusted to us. So what does that mean for us individually? Does it mean, does it mean we come to the business meeting and vote yes? Well, I suppose but, you know, I've been in a lot of business meetings. I, I'll be honest with you, folks. It does not take a lot of faith to do this. Vote yes, vote no. That doesn't actually require us to cling to God to do that. But, but it's rather when each of us individually, as a family, we go home and we kind of measure where we are, evaluate where we are, what's happening. And, hey, what's my role in coming alongside this whole family and, and showing God that we have faith. And proving to God that, that we love. What, what's, my, what's my role in being with this family and saying, God, look at how we're drawing our resources together to do good, to do the good you've, you've called us to do. You know, when you think about it, I mean, I do. I mean, I, I, I try to sacrifice. I try to let that add up to a lot. And, and nobody likes to feel like they're all alone, do they? Now, when you and I, when we put it in the plate or we make sure it's electronically sent, don't you like to think that you're joining others? That, that you're not the only one doing this, but you're joining, joining a family of people here at this campus, at the Midlothian campus, that are, that are all pitching in? We're, we're in this together. See, the Heights family is showing faith when each member of the family is showing faith. Man, I hope your family will, will join my family in, in looking at what we're doing and, and praying about, hey, God, how can we excel? Yeah, that's what I love about that command Paul gave last week. You gave 50 cents last year, you gave 50,000 last year, or wherever you were on the spectrum. Wherever you are, you can always say, hey, God, how do I excel? How do I get, how do I get better at this? 
How can we excel together? You know, it had been a lot of fun. To be, I wish I was with the Reams a couple of weeks ago. That'd just be cool to walk in and people you maybe wouldn't have even recognized. Now, hey, we're all like best friends now. Hey, think about that. A t-shirt. A simple t-shirt. And, and there's a bond. There, there's a togetherness just because of a t-shirt. Man, how much more profound when you realize it's not just a t-shirt that binds us together. It's that we each are committed to taking what's valuable to us, our money. And we bring that together for the, for the common good of spreading the gospel and being found faithful with the opportunity that God has given us. I hope you will, on the way out, grab one of these and use that just to become familiar with who your church is, what they're doing, at least in the, in the realm of a budget, understanding that and, and praying over that. Uh, I hope you will come be here on March 2nd. It's a Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, right here in this room. Uh, it's family business. It's like what you do when dinner's over and you're sitting around the kitchen table and, and we do family business. I mean, we'll be talking about budget. We got deacons. We've got some personnel issues. I mean, it's all family stuff we'll take care of that evening at six o'clock I hope you'll be here be a part of that let's pray okay heavenly father uh, I guess sometimes the bigger the group the easier it is to walk in here and just feel like an individual but lord boy Jesus showed us when we're in here when we're when we're out there we're a family and you see us as a family Lord, I pray you'll help us love and serve and forgive and help and encourage one another like we're a family. Father, I pray as we leave here today, we do think about what this place is, what it's doing, what it tries to do each week. And that God, you help us each evaluate what role we play in that, how we can excel in our commitment and what we do. God, you have entrusted us with an incredible church. Incredible opportunities in our community and all over our world. And we thank you for that. We want to be found faithful with it. Lord, we want to all be involved in this together. So would you just just guide us each, God? And I pray you see individuals. I pray you see an entire family that is excited about you and clinging to you for what only you can do in our midst. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.